Welcome to the Odd Opinions Podcast. Welcome back. Here's a couple more Odd Opinions. Um, I have with me here today the normal crew. Ray Johnson. I don't know if you want me to say your full name. Yeah, yeah. probably not. I'm going to find out anyways. <laughs> Raymond Reginald Johnson. No, that's that's not it. But then That's I also not his have... middle name, at least. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give away uh, you know, my social security number while we're at it? Oh, yeah. What's the last four digits? Go yeah. ahead. Let's shoot for it. All right. And Gareth McConaughey over here. Well, hey, there we go. What's up, guys? Yeah, see, he's not as shy and about gals. his name. And mm. then I have with me Cameron Lopez. The real linchpin of the group. <laughs> Most maturity here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, of course, the person speaking is Nathan, Nathan Fritzenschaft, Nathan, since we just Nathan, Nathan gone and Nathan, said everybody's Nathan. name. You know, someone's, someone called me Nalhan one time, so, you know, <laughs> if you ever need an alternative, there you go. Nalhan? Dude, yeah. the weirdest one I got was Grayson. Grayson? Like, I, I told them my name. Like, I wrote it out, and they were like, Grayson? I was like, how? <laughs> you just added so many letters. I could never. You, you I took could, away some. You, you took away and added some. You just had your own thing going. I could never go to school with anyone named Ethan because that's what they would call me. They would Ethan. never call me Nathan. They would always call me Ethan. I don't know where the, the wires get crossed. There was this but. girl. She had a thick accent. She just said, come on. <laughs> Mine was always Raymond. Raymond. Yeah. Like, Raymond. You, you mean Raymond. It's like a Digimon character. <laughs> yeah. Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> Yeah, like, well, today, with all these delightful people present, we're going to discuss repair or replace. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be along the topics of, you know, a lot lately. I don't know if anyone's heard of the Right to Repair Act that people are really pushing. Mm-mm. It's got a grassroots movement behind it. Why don't Some, you give uh, us a little fill us in. info yeah. on it? Recently, uh, being the past couple of years, it's just gaining more steam as it goes. There have been some pushbacks against specific companies, mostly Apple, John Deere, a couple of the others that are creating products that are making it impossible for the people who buy the products to have any kind of control over the lifetime of that product. Is it true that whenever Apple doesn't update, it always like fries their battery or something like that like they, on older phones? They say no, but what it is, it's, it's very, they've actually admitted to this. <clears throat> With the updates, previous generations, I think it's up to the iPhone 3 now, maybe the 5, where they will purposely slow down the operating system for the older phones, and they use the excuse that they're trying to save battery life on it. Well, what it is is the processing power isn't fast enough, so that's why your battery goes down faster. Oh, so and it's just... It's, it's all kind of like... But what it really does is just gives you a worse device where you're forced to upgrade after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Because you want to be able to use if it. If you don't upgrade like or update your phone a lot, it actually seems to run Better. longer, faster. Yeah. And But you don't have all the yeah. new yeah. bells and whistles. Yeah. So that was a side tangent. Apple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apple, Apple, Apple has, and a, and a lot of people follow suit with Apple. Like Android does these things where you can't replace batteries anymore. You're getting to the point where you can't put SSD cards in there like you used to be able to, which adds memory. You can't really open these phones up 
under the excuse of being watertight, but you can't open these phones up to repair any of the parts in it. They've mm-hmm. actually had it with the recent Apple where you can take one Apple phone, open it up with some considerable effort, open up another Apple phone, just switch the parts out. Same phones, same parts, switch the parts out, and they don't work with each other. Like, you can't even replace it with Apple parts. Yeah, it does seem kind of sketch. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole argument is that a lot of companies these days are trying to create faster customer buying habits, yeah. basically. More yeah. replacement instead of repair. Because can, repair doesn't gain a lot of money for companies. Yeah. Well, buying an entire new product gets you a lot more money. <laughs> Like so, get more revenue out of replacing what you have exactly. than trying to repair it because they can sell the parts and they can sell everything. Like for a tractor, like John Deere, you said. Yeah. So they can sell all the parts. Like if you need a new uh, carburetor or whatever for the tractor, you can go. You can buy that part and fix it, or pay someone to fix it. They're still making money off of that, not nearly as much as if you would just buy a whole new tractor. So here's mm-hmm. here's the John Deere. If you're not aware of how it would work that you can't repair a tractor which has mechanical parts, well, as time has been going on, a lot of vehicles and farm equipment, especially, has been electronically upgraded. There's a lot of wires and electronic parts and computer parts that go through these things, and you can't repair these tractors now by yourself or take it to a third-party repair because the only way that you can diagnose a lot of these problems is there's a computer that you hook up to it mm-hmm. and then it tells you what the problem is and then you can go through it. That's going to be the problem with the electric vehicles coming out. No, oh, dude, it's gonna... already a problem. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. This is major this, problem. This filters down into commercial vehicles. It just hasn't become as big of an issue yet. It's still a big problem, but a lot of people don't realize how much bigger it's going to get. Yeah. So yeah. because John Deere sells these priority software packages, you have to go to a specific place to repair it. As a farmer, imagine being out in the middle of Montana nobody around and your tractor breaks down in the middle of the field you got to find a way to get it instead of being able to repair it yourself or with somebody you know even if you have the parts you have to get it out of that field and bring it to the closest john deere repair shop which could be 60 to 100 miles away from you and if you want to retain your warranty it's got to be certified by john deere as a repair place exactly so where does the repair act come in on this so the repair act specifically that we're talking about since we're going on the on the pinpoint thing right here instead of the the overall which this conversation will open up later but the repair act is basically they're trying to get some laws passed that makes it illegal for companies not to allow you to work on your own equipment basically so that you can extend the lifetime of these vehicles of these products that you own so they don't want it to be to where you have to buy new products or because used to, you know, you go to any mall, there would be a cell phone repair place now. Yeah. Now yeah. all those places are going out of business because the only thing they can do is maybe replace your screen. They can't do anything else with your phone anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't find anyone. It's it's about it's about one co- not only one company controlling it. It's about also like local people not understanding how their their products work, are being able to fix it themselves. So they have to pay these absorbent amount of money just to get someone to look at it. And then I don't know if y'all have ever been to a phone store to get something repaired with the original manufacturer. They basically just make you buy a new one regardless. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to have to just replace everything. It's more expensive than the phone that you have, so you just got to buy another phone. Yeah. 
Like it's it's pretty ridiculous right now. And those are just two specific examples, Apple and John Deere, of why those things are becoming harder. Um, but it's also kind of a, an idea that is seeping into the culture about us. The consumerism that we have is a lot more about replace rather than repair. But I feel like I've been talking for a while, so I'll kind of open the floor to these <laughs> other guys, and we'll, we'll, we'll move into that, those other top parts of the topic later. I'm trying to think of other, I'm trying to think if it's the consumer's problem to just learn how to fix it. Well, that's the problem is it, it's not readily available in and some cases. Like, so Tesla actually opted out of this law. They bypassed the original law, which is where an auto manufacturer has to give like the paperwork and the documentation to actually work on their vehicles to see how it actually works. Tesla actually doesn't have any of that. It so if you went to work on a Tesla, it would be really hard to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Hmm. Elon getting around stuff. Well, these with companies his big brain. are also making it <laughs> purposely difficult for you to be able to do anything at all. They're sealing these parts off. They're making it to where you had need special tools to even access these parts. Yeah. They're Just making the price it, of progress though. It's not the price of progress. I do not In believe that. In some way, it, yeah, at a base level, yeah, probably. I mean... No, because they're punishing people for even trying to do this. They're not making... When people are asking, can you make this readily accessible, rather than not even responding at all, they will do things to make it even harder. How would that, how would that repair act work on an electric vehicle? Because like there's mechanics who can work on older vehicles or whatever, however older vehicles. Are set well, that's up. why people enjoy older vehicles is because they're mm-hmm. easier. They're so much, they're so much easier because there's less electronics in it. But to have a more advanced vehicle, it's going to have to have all these electronics. Right. Uh, well, and electronic that's, motor, engine, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. That's I mean, some of the cost of having newer things that are more electronics. They're more comfortable to use. They're more, you have more features and things that you can do with your car. Yeah. but you can't fix it if you need to. And yeah. also in it most takes, cases, it but takes the ability to pro like to extend the life of a vehicle. You usually can do like maintenance on it. You can yeah. do all your own stuff, but if you have to send it into somewhere, I mean, so do you really think that a company like Tesla or any of the other ones that are coming out with that are going to like extend the life of your vehicle? Also, like, good luck getting it back any time that you need it if you have to send it into someone else that's another huge issue like i i work for a trucking company and we've had to send our trucks to ita because they're the only ones that can work they have the same issue they can only ones that can plug up to it and work on certain problems for these vehicles and we don't get them back for like a month and a half imagine being a truck driver the truck is your only way to make a living and you got to wait a month and a half before you can even drive it again yeah. So what do you do in that case? Just they have another truck that they drive in the meantime, or are they just out of work? I mean, if you're a company driver, you can hope that your company has another truck for you to drive. Well, if not, yeah. yeah. If you're an but owner operator, my, my dad is yeah. a yeah. owner operator. And if he has to fix anything on his truck, it's, it's him. I mean, he, he fixes his own, but yeah. if he did have to send it to somewhere, he's just out of work for however long it takes. Yeah. And that's, that's really bad for people who make a living off that. Yeah. When cars first came out, I mean, right now, pretty much, I mean, the, the every man can fix their own car for the most part, just order the part, replace. It's harder than that, obviously. But when cars first came out, like how many people were actually fixing their own cars? 
pretty much everybody. I, I think a lot think more so? people were fixing their own stuff because I mean they were used to working on. I remember watching a television I mean, maybe show. Not, maybe not to that extent. I'm sure but with they horse would... and buggy stuff, because it's not all, it's not like mechanical. It is mechanical, but it's not like. Well, but so in and that it was, day. It was a lot more basic, I think. Yeah, there yeah. weren't as many electronics and just in society in general. So mm-hmm. life was, to say quote unquote, like harder, but it was more difficult uh, in the everyday because you had to work. You didn't have convenience of having electronics and tools to do things for you as much. So you had to be a little more mechanically inclined as opposed to nowadays. There's people that really don't have to do a whole lot of uh, physical struggling to get anything done because we have technology that has advanced to a point to where things can be done for them. So those individuals aren't necessarily as mechanically inclined and don't know how to fix something on their own. So back then, people were more mechanically inclined. So they were had a little bit, at least a base level of knowledge of how to work on something so they could kind of figure it out. I would, I would argue, though, that it was easier to work on cars before electronics. I remember seeing some old engines and stuff like that. A fan belt snapped in one of those. You could reach the fan belt just by opening the hood. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like, Nowadays, you sure. try to replace a fan belt, <laughs> you got to take out half the engine. Well, and then there's all kind of like plastic covers and everything. There's yeah. sensors everywhere. So my very first Price vehicle. progress. Yeah. My very first vehicle was a 1986 Chevy C10 pickup, short bed, you know, single cab. It was really cool. So it's kind of hot rod. But if anything was messed up on that thing, like. I had to replace a compressor for the air conditioning uh, system. And dude, it was so simple to just take the old compressor out, put the new one in because it was all just open. And those trucks were all like the engine bay was huge because it was just a big box running down the street. But (laughs) there was so much room to be able to work on things because there weren't a ton of sensors and plastic Mm -hmm. parts and electronics involved. And even the electronics that were there were very simple. Yeah, they were basically just wires. They yeah. were they were an on and off switch for your lights. They and weren't these computer chips with these complicated systems behind them. Yeah. And in contrast to that, I mean, I replaced mine on my my Altima and you had to literally like take out the alternator, you had to take out all the stuff in front of like over it and just to get to the compressor before you got to it, you had to yeah. take out like four or five different parts. Well, and then the engine bay is probably very compact oh, in there as well. Yeah, so Part of that is just the price of progress. As the as you as you get better technology, you get less space to shove all that in. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like a lot of these conveniences are forced upon us. Like my main thing right now is the digital screens inside of a car. Used to a gauge went out, it was easy to replace. Now, if the screen goes out, not only do you lose all of your gauges, but it is not easy to replace and yeah. it is very expensive. Well, to then do. the functionality of your entire car is hampered by it as well, if not just completely shut down. Yeah. And that's just one example of these convenient. Yes, they are nice for certain cars. If I had an electric car, I love that huge tablet. But for an everyday driver, something I would want to be able to fix if it goes down, mm-hmm. I don't want something that I have to wait two weeks for a new screen to come in and then I have to take it to somebody because they have to be able to sync it with whatever computer system is behind it. Do you think people are getting smarter in general? Like you think no. the generation, the generation <laughs> maybe I don't, I don't think as far as electronics and the like, 
I don't think people are getting getting dumber. Like the generation after us is going to be smarter than we are. I think, I think humanity's knowledge is on an exponential curve, but I feel like humanity as a whole, like the average person is neither dumber or smarter than they've always been. The only thing that is different these days is we have access to so many topics that we would never have discussed ever in our life before the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the and fact that we're, we're doing this to, podcast period yeah, is evidence of that. We're trying to stay aware of all these things that we would, that would never have affected us before. And so and, we have all this general knowledge. It's very hard to be very specific about everything that we touch. You f- it feels like a lot of noise. It's more noise than you get information. It's, it's more just, Hey, these topics come up and it's like, Oh, I know something about that, but it, it's, it's not like a huge in-depth like knowledge of something like you still used to have people who had like specialties and it was like this is what i i specialize in this is how and you still have it a little bit but it's more well those people are considered extremely important to society and they're rare they're rare to find their it's it's a good quality to have henry ford henry ford yeah so there's a guy like henry ford today it's elon musk who makes a new kind of technology and everyone adopts it and slowly everyone starts to get accustomed to it and people start fixing their own cars as they break down. Is that same thing going to happen with the Tesla and other electronic vehicles? Like people are going to start adapting and learning how to fix well, I think this, no. that and the other. I think it's a societal thing as well. I think back then you were more ready to help out people. If that makes sense. Like, I mean, when they were first getting built, like communities actually were a thing. Like you, you would help out your your neighbors, your neighbors would kind of like give you the information that you need it. Nowadays, I feel like it's so much behind a wall, like everything, especially in a business world, like the idea of the business. I don't think society people have changed. People have the same empathy as like, I, I believe people have been through history, have the same amount of empathy. I think the business model mm. has changed. Henry Ford, when he made his Henry Ford, he wanted all the parts interchangeable. He wanted all the cars the same and he wanted all the cars easy to do basically work on to what make anything else so back then he wasn't as worried he was wasn't as worried about investors as we are as in new ideas and all this other kind of stuff he was worried about making a car and making everybody buy it he wasn't worried about selling a future promise he was worried about one product i mean they tried to make him move on from the model t and it was a struggle to make him do anything besides the model t yeah they they made him introduce a new color during his lifetime, and that was a struggle. <laughs> yeah, they forced him to do it. Elon Musk, I don't believe, is a modern Henry Ford. I believe he is a man who sells dreams. I don't think he, he is some kind of... true. Not... I would say Elon Musk does more than other billionaires. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if I would say he makes dreams come true, because part of the Tesla thing is... Um, he doesn't let other vehicles access the charging stations. So that's like controlling the fuel for Tesla. It's like any gas station out there, you you have an electric vehicle, you're looking to fuel up. Imagine you're fueling up at a gas station and walking up to a gas station and going, sorry, we can't put gas in that car. That car does not fit the Tesla model. It can't take our gas. So does the charging stations actually require a, like, is it a per vehicle thing? I know Tesla has their own. Tesla has the control over it. So they is this have, like the same thing as like a charging port on a Samsung versus an iPhone? Can a Tesla charger charge any hardly. other electric? Vehicle? Yeah, that's, <laughs> but they that's have to I allow. They have to allow access 
basically. <clears throat> you have to pay Tesla to be able to even do it, which means a lot of people don't have access to the Tesla charging network, mm-hmm. which is the biggest one in America. Right. So you've got the Ford Lightning coming out, right? Mm-hmm. I think it looks interesting. I think it looks very, yeah, very I like, interesting. I like the look of it. I think it's cool, yeah. Um, there's a lot of things. There's a, there's a whole argument about hybrid gasoline or electric that we don't have to get into. But I think the problem is is that they have to figure out how to patchwork a charging network together, and they don't get to use the Tesla network. So Elon Musk is more about maintaining control of the dream he's selling um, and selling a new dream every year. Right now he's mm-hmm. trying to sell cryptocurrency. He may not, see, he's not, <laughs> may not be directly saying it, but he, he knows exactly what his posts are doing, and he's making, you can see he's making actual business decisions on the way that people react to his posts. Like if he's selling Bitcoin or buying Dogecoin, any of those kind of things. Dogecoin. Doge. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like they're the same business attitude. Elon Musk is much more worried about the dream that he's selling than the technology. I think he sells flamethrowers too. Well, well he shut down he shut down the tunnel project. You remember remember the boring company? That was a huge dream. Nothing ever came out of it. You know how much millions of dollars went into that thing and he shut it down already. Yeah. I I think I agree with what Cameron said. It was like it's more not more of like he's just dreaming. I think he's trying to make dreams come true. So like Henry Ford was similar in a way because he had the dream of not having to use a horse and buggy to get around. He wanted to have a way for people to get around that was quicker and more efficient i guess in a way i think and he made Musk it happen is doing the same thing he's just like, i think he I, sees the problem with uh burning fuel with burning fuel yeah. the only <laughs> the only issue with that though is i mean you replace it with what a generator that burns fuel yeah i heard something like it takes a lot more yeah, energy takes, to build the actual battery than it does to just drive a car yeah i mean it takes to recharge it it takes so much more it, i mean you have to burn the gasoline to fuel the thing that charges your vehicle so it's like a, okay then you're then you're not well, progressing anywhere you're just I pushing a, something i heard a, a lithium fire burns a lot hotter than a yeah, gasoline fire too <laughs> dude have you seen a video of one of those tesla car batteries exploding no. man it's intense it is bad Price of progress. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I just I feel like these closed systems are very detrimental to our future. And it and we've changed our mindset, I think, as consumers to match it, which is why there's well, not as much pushback I, as you I, would think there would be. I think be. we kind of had to. I think we kinda of had to like it forced you to replace stuff instead of like because used to we used to be like, Oh yeah, well I'll just replace that on my, my car or my phone. Now it's like I'll just go buy another one. And it's like, how do we get there? Because, I mean, it's here's, a lot more... Here's my opinion on convenience. that. Convenience. Yeah. Convenience is the entire reason. Because initially, when iPod came out, when iPhone came out, they weren't the only ones with that technology. We just... It was convenient. Zoomio. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, Zoom came yeah. out afterwards. But they weren't... There were plenty of options, right? At that point that nobody used. We just went for the thing that was convenient and flashy. And over well, time... It had the best marketing. And, and, yeah. iPod had the best look. Over time... And it had, it had so much user-friendly. Like, it was so... Yeah. It was so good of Jobs. Like, how he... He sold his product. You mean his engineers? Because I don't. No, it was it job, was Jobs. job myth. No, <laughs> job, Jobs, Jobs was, was the an... one that was pushing everything. Because if you look yes. back, he was the guy that was 
He was another seller inter, of interfa- dreams. Interface. <laughs> yeah. His interface was the best that anyone has ever seen because it did not rely on the user knowing how to use the system. Yeah. Convenience Jobs, again. Jobs was another seller of dreams because all that work that was accomplished was by his engineers, and Steve Wozniak didn't get near as much repute as Jobs did, and Wozniak did most of the heavy lifting for him. Without Jobs, the idea, though. Jobs was the market man. He Jobs, knew how to sell the Jobs dream. Was and, and I, mean, I don't disagree idea, man. that Without he pushed that. a good he pushed a good vision for Apple. And Tim Cook doesn't measure up to what Jobs pushed as far as Apple's vision. No. But my point being is that we allowed what is happening now with our inability to get into these closed systems and any any inability to change the course of it because back when we did have options, we went for the most convenient thing, which is why. Disney has been able to buy every entertainment thing on the market and nobody cares. I mean, some people care, but I don't care. You know, oh, yeah, not a lot of people <laughs> care. We get, we only get scared when it's, it becomes obvious that it is now inevitable. They are yeah. the Thanos of the entertainment world. There's nothing that can stop them <laughs> at this point, unless they are inevitable. Thanos was a self portrait of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear so this like, whole conversation? Th- oh, go ahead. Oh, well, go ahead. I was going to say this whole conversation, I think started with cobblers. Yeah, well, that was the, that's what I'm trying to transition. Peach or blueberry? Or that's what I'm trying to transition into <laughs> with the idea of convenience, how we have allowed this to happen, and we're at a point where it is very hard to turn back with, let's talk about convenience. Fast fashion has become some buzzwords that have become very popular over the past decade or so. Yeah. And that comes to the point of, with our clothes, we do the same thing we're doing with all these electronics and vehicles where we're just buying the most convenient thing. We're just buying the thing that's in front of us rather than trying to repair the thing that we have. Like, if we have a dress shirt that rips these days, how many people do you think actually remember how to sew a button? Like, nobody. You nobody do. knows. My, yeah, I know. I have there's a, sewing a sewing machine. machine in knowing the room how to right use now. it, knowing how to use it is a different thing. Mm, that's um, a very good point. I mean, is look that, how old this sewing machine yeah. is, by the way. Is that because it became cheaper, though? Is it? Yeah, fast fashion became cheap, which means it became convenient. Convenience, yeah. So it became more convenient to just buy a new shirt than to sew up the old one. I'm against, uh, I'm not against because I still eat fast food, but (laughs) I never liked the idea of fast food. But then you think about, is it better to let your child starve or to go get them a crappy meal? Well, that's why in poorer countries and a lot of our urban environments, obesity has still is still on the rise because of the access to all these crappy foods being way cheaper than trying to buy or grow your own vegetables and other things. Dude, we buy, um, no, they're not a sponsor of the show yet. Hopefully listen up, butcher box. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but my wife and I, we buy from butcher box. We try to get all of our meats from there because it's a higher quality. And we have seen a difference in our health just from doing that alone. Yeah. There's the quality of the food. Man. I do want to pull to put a small caveat in. Like if you just buy rice and beans and stuff, that's pretty cheap, right? But in these areas where the obesity is on the rise, they don't even have access to a lot because of shipping concerns and all that kind of stuff. And it's easier to ship in all of this fast food than it is to, to ship in the rest of these vegetables and everything else that they have. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. kind of caveat that I want to put in there. True. So I think, what what did you want to get to about uh, cobblers? So, yeah. So, so for those that don't know, explain what cobbler is, because I honestly <laughs> had to look it up just being fully so, transparent. So a cobbler is kind of like a farrier. So everybody knows what a farrier is, right? You have to explain yeah, that one too. <laughs> that doesn't help anything. 
No, farriers are people who put horseshoes on um, and take care of the hooves of animals. I like watching those videos online. Yeah. Have you people ever seen them horseshoes? Yeah, have you ever seen them clip like a really overgrown horse hoof? Like no. it's insane. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, that the horse just kind of sits there and is like, okay, I guess you're doing what you got to do. Well, you got to start them young. <laughs> Don't hurt me, bro. <laughs> you got you got to start them getting used to it young. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on from that very controversial <laughs> statement. Yeah. To fast fashion has caused us to not to want to repair, which means that people don't go to tailors anymore. But that's why these tailors are baked into like dealers and stuff. Now you don't see a lot of people who alter clothes have their own storefront. Now there are people out there, but everyone that I've ever heard of is like, oh yeah, call so and so. She lives over here and she does a couple of things for people. Like yeah, it's just just at her house. It's like side hustles basically yeah. that I hear. Yeah, I don't did did you explain what a cobbler was? I'm getting there. <laughs> so suspense. So cobblers Cobblers are something that used to be way more important when you only had one or two pair of shoes and you had to make sure those things lasted your whole freaking life because <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't buy more because shoes were all custom made, right? Instead of these factory made, mass produced, they were all custom made. Yeah. So cobblers cobbler, fix shoes, make yeah, fix shoes. Cobbler fix shoes. Um, most of the work that they do is not really on the upper section. Um, I'm I mean, it's more I, the I haven't soles looked, of yeah. the shoes. They yeah. work on the soles of the shoes more mm-hmm. often. Um, you see a lot of cobblers. They really only get a lot of work these days in the dress shoe market. When you already have a really nice pair of shoes and you just want to upgrade those things or you want to make sure they last. Um, but they're going out of business because nobody wants to be a cobbler anymore. Like there's not a whole lot of young people going, I would like to work on shoes. That sounds like a good idea. Like I watched a couple of YouTube videos. It looks like a fun occupation. It really does. It looks awesome. You get to this whole workshop and you go from doing things with brute strength, like trying to rip these soles off of our sand down <laughs> soles and stuff on shoes, or you get some minutia work with the, the, the toenails and stuff like that, that you have to put into the shoe, like hammer down into the shoe and stuff like that. Yeah. It just looks like a fun profession, but nobody wants to do it because they can't make money off of it unless you're in a massive city. Like you'd have to be in New York to get any yeah. kind of work that would get you the money that you need. I'm thinking of Disney's Coco. His whole family was cobblers. But he just wanted to play music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little side note. Yeah. Go watch Coco. So is that like, as far as society goes, fashion has moved towards like a, more of a casual style well, as far as shoes go. Yeah. Why pay 100 to 50, 50 to $100 to replace the sole of your shoe when you could buy a shoe on sale for $30? Yeah. And it's not a dress shoe, and it doesn't really matter if that's not a dress shoe per se, because style has moved towards just wearing like sneakers or something with your suit or -hmm. something like that. So dress shoes aren't as prevalent in fashion. Yeah, I mean, is that a is that a bad thing though? I mean, in for the cobblers, it is. I mean, yeah, but (laughs) it's a bad thing for the landfills. Yeah, I was going to say it's a lot of shoes just thrown away. I can see that. Like, it's a bad thing for the trash that we create. It's a bad thing for people like not knowing how to take care of their own their own stuff, their own clothes, their own shoes. The less that we are self-sufficient, the more that other companies, these large companies that we buy from, have that control over us. Yeah. I'm not saying that we all need to move into the woods. Well, the more reliant <laughs> we become on them for sure. Yeah, but we need we need to push back on them controlling every single aspect of the basic necessities of our life. But then your whole house would have to be like a series of workshops for everything that you have. Like you need a 
cobbler studio. You need but that's or, what I'm saying. You don't need to move into the woods. I'm saying you need to allow small business to fill that niche rather mm-hmm. than them relying on these large companies, goodwill basically, to do something that's good for you. Because yeah. a large business is only going to do what makes money. A small business will do what makes money, but they know they know people in the community. They know your face. They live there. They Their clientele want, has to yeah. be more personal because they, they have they to want have a to connection. Please. You'd kind of have to assign jobs at birth. Like this baby's going to be a cobbler. Why do you think like not there are people named gonna... John Smith or Taylor or any of those other names? <laughs> yeah. They all come from people who were assigned Jobs at birth. Yeah, they, your last name was basically your job. What you did. You would what become you an either, apprentice in the family you business. You either have to have your profession assigned at birth or just do what your parents did. And nobody likes either of those things. Well, no one likes having their future decided for them. I have a somewhat... Or incentivize people to be cobblers and seamstresses. I have a somewhat but controversial you, opinion there. How do you do that without, I mean... Raise their pay. But But how? I mean, nobody goes to them. Yeah, see, the problem yeah. is, is that you know, it's like it, it pays for I'm the services anymore because we rely on places like Amazon or Walmart or like big corporations that have proven multiple times that they don't care for any kind of convenience for the customer, any kind of benefit for the customer. They care 100% about how much money they make next quarter. Yeah. I don't know that they don't care about convenience. I think it's all mainly about convenience for the customer because that's why they're making their money. Like Amazon, the reason they make so much money is because you can literally go to Amazon and buy almost anything. So this rolls back a little bit. So it's bit. convenient to get everything in one spot. This rolls back a little bit to what I was saying about conveniences that are forced upon us, like with the car screens. Some conveniences are not worth are even wanted by some people. Amazon wants everything in one place and they make it so that you can just buy with one click where you don't even have to think about it. But yeah. They're doing it. The they're reason- not doing it for the customer. They're doing that. If everything's in one place, if they look for one thing, all these other things are going to be there for them to do a one click buy on without thinking about it. If- it's like going into a grocery store and they put all the candy and junk food at the front. But it's, that is for the convenience of the customer. If, if it's even would, in the would, market, doesn't mean I know they're, they're capitalizing on it. I wouldn't sure. say it's a convenience but, for the customer. See, a customer, convenient for a customer would be wanting something and getting that thing. They they make it but, but you as do difficult as possible to get to that thing without having to go through all the other things But, but that's, to see all the other that's things. That's a business model. I mean, that's... That is a business model. That's not, a, that's, that's not the discussion that we're having, though. I'm saying to be completely... To can be can, for the customer's benefit would be you want a thing you go straight to that thing and there's no diversion. That's the customer's benefit. But then they you, make it to where you don't just go to the thing. They go, you might want this thing, but what you really need is this thing. That's not customer convenience. That's business going. I'm trying to sell. When so I go on Amazon. Oh, go ahead. Um, sorry. Uh, if if you look at it though, I mean, you would have to go to every single store in. In this, you would have to go to the cobbler. You would have to go to a tailor. You'd have to go. Instead, we go to Amazon. You go one-stop shops. I mean, it is convenience. It is. It's more. I mean, instead of leaving my house so, and going to 14 stores because I, think, I can't get I think something what we're, we're here. arguing here is convenience and access. I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. Just having access to something easily doesn't mean that it's. The that, convenient thing that to is do. Convenient. Yeah, that's, that's a convenience. convenience in no, my opinion. That's they're not that's what I'm saying. They're not mutually exclusive. Access is not always convenience. Well, my my point being 
is that Google that just Ray. like let's go to Facebook and Instagram. They look like they're supposed to keep you connected to your friends, right? But what they do is 50% of his ads, and they design it so where you have to keep scrolling. You can't do anything chronologically because that would be convenient. But yeah. you don't realize these things that you – these conveniences that you don't have anymore because they force new conveniences on you. Like the convenience of being able to repair your vehicle and have it the next day rather than having to send it into a shop for a week and a half and pay twice as much. iPhone forces you to buy more iPhones instead of replace – or repair what you have, but because it's convenient to just get a brand new phone. But we have the phone because my little girl's grandma it lives two thousand miles away, and they're able to FaceTime every night. She's yeah. able to see her, so there is value. They bake. They bake what we what they bake the things that we value and the conveniences that we value into things that are not convenient for us, that are for them alone. And they make you struggle with those things without even realizing it to get to the thing that you want. That's my point. Access is not necessarily convenience. I think Sorry, so access boxes. is upstream of convenience. So yeah, they are very closely they, linked. I think they, they go hand in hand. Exclusive. I mean, because yeah. accessibility is the receptiveness, and convenience is the usefulness. So if you think about it, if it's not if it's not convenient, you're not gonna you don't have an easy access to it most of the time. Well, let's. What is useful to you? Like that's my point. <laughs> It is not That's useful. No one it really is, knows. My, no, I'm, I'm going to lay something out here. It is not useful to you to go to Amazon to buy a pair of shoes and end up with a whole outfit that you didn't need. That's not useful to you. That's just Convenient. what you think you want after you get there. What is useful to you is just to buy the shoes and have the shoes that you need. But you can go to a store and have the same thing happen. Yeah, they have those impulse buy uh, yeah, little sections in the middle of the house. I hate to break this to you, but I also no, bought I mean, a Walmart. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, let's say a cobbler has a tailor in there. What happens yeah. then? You're going to buy an outfit because you're in there. I'm already here. Yeah, everyone's trying to upsell a tailor. A tailor doesn't necessarily. I mean, it, operate the same way that Amazon operates. I'm, I'm not. Point. I'm not saying that they're. They're and, equal. And these things. But if they're in the same building, you're like, hey, I needed that new shirt anyway. Let me pick that up while I'm here. Walking it's into convenience. A, walking into a building with a shirt is not the same as having that shirt thrown in front of your face going, do you want this? Do you need this? You got to take this. That's what happens every time you go to a store. Yeah. It, if you're walking into a large store that sells everything, they put all the things that you don't, nobody needs up at the front so they can think that they want them because they're there for the thing that they want. I don't disagree with that. I mean, that's if we're going to bring up cobblers and tailors, when you walk into a cobbler store or tailor store, the thing at the front is just the proof of their work so that when you go in, you know and can trust the work that they're going to do. That's true. And right to repair and all this other stuff is I'm saying we should have the option, not that we shouldn't have the ability to buy new, is that what we're doing now is destroying the option to extend the life of the things we already have, the things we may already love, the things we need. And we can't do that anymore because we have to buy, we have to spend more money to buy new rather than just by paying a little bit of money to repair the thing that we already love. I think I would disagree with you on that, like that we don't have the option. We always have the option to do it. I mean, okay, we're, so this, we're this, killing it. This is, an, uh, this is an argument about capitalism, right? And I think unchecked capitalism, I'm definitely not a communist or socialist, but I think unchecked capitalism is a very very bad idea because what ends up happening and is what's happening now is that 
there are about five companies buying every sector of every business in America. They're buying access to it. They may not be buying direct ownership of it, but they're also making it to where the only way that you can ship your product is through us. The only way that you can access, people can access your product online is through us. The only way that you can store your data is through us. So essentially, they control it. Every point of access to it, it's like a siege. Like you have to pay tribute to these people to even live. The rich get monopoly. richer. Yeah. I think the Bible says uh, to those who have to have the to those who have more to those who have everything more will be given and to those who have nothing everything will be taken. And my my point my my point Amazon is Amazon has is everything and they just keep on getting and getting and getting and getting. They hide these monopolies and these basically laws that they dictate in the American business world because if they make a decision everyone has to follow suit. You can say they don't have to, but they have to if they want to make any money. The reason Android follows Apple it's because Apple has such a large app uh, market share worldwide that if Android doesn't do it, then they people just stop buying Android and it kills that business. Like, think about Instagram with their stories, right? Um, I forgot who was doing it first. It was Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat was doing storage. It was getting popular, so Facebook said, "We'll just do that," so that nobody uses Snapchat anymore. But better. I'm actually, honestly, just as a side note, I'm really surprised Snapchat even exists anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's at you know I, why it's mainly private conversation. Yeah, like, but I think I think that's actually a testament to the guys who run Snapchat. I know they've made a lot of bad decisions, but the fact that it even runs at all right now is amazing to me. I don't use Snapchat. I, no, nobody does. Nobody uses Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat. I have <laughs> I have three friends, and one of them is a sixty year old grandma who uses Snapchat. <laughs> well, yeah, that's personal preference, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> no, but. My point being is that these large companies and our consumer mindset right now of allowing what they're doing is strangling any kind of small convenience that we could have, like having a cobbler or a tailor nearby, for what they tell us is convenience, which is you have to buy these new things. Because what you end up is is a microcosm of this is a pretty strong example that's not exactly fitting, but it kind of gets the idea across insulin right people who own the copyright on insulin can jack the price up and they have and nobody can do anything about it because they don't have any other options they don't have any option to buy any kind of that's in america obviously that's not as big a problem worldwide because they can make generics worldwide but here if insulin jacks up the price we don't have any smaller options any generics to go to because we they're the only one they control the marketplace and what's happening right now is that the people controlling the marketplace say why would we let you spend less money when we can make you spend more money hmm. i mean that kind of i wonder how in. hard it is to make insulin <laughs> to, uh, well your pancreas does it naturally yeah mm. <laughs> you can just take it from the pancreas right um that that leads into a point that i was talking about with somebody the other day and it was like the minimum wage thing and i think it should go i think it should go up i think it i mean you haven't had a price raise in forever but if you push it up what happens to the people who are who are skilled who do have a job that they so they feel like i went to college for three years and or four years and i should get paid more than somebody who's working at here's my a minimum argument. wage job here's my argument for that 
I believe in the raising of the minimum wage. I don't know about $15 countrywide because that should definitely be a local thing. Yeah. But you have to start somewhere. The argument that you just give would mean that unilaterally, unilaterally, every job in America would have to get a raise at the same time. You have to do it somewhere. Like it has to start somewhere. And those people there, they need to be paid more if they have a college degree because their wages have stagnated too. They just don't get to complain about it as much because people just come back with, well, you're making a living wage, which yeah. I haven't gotten a raise in three years. <laughs> you know what inflation has been in the past few yeah. months? And, it's and insane. But but imagine if it did go up to $15. So imagine st- what, what a company would but, would pay. Like, what, what would make you pay? I mean... It has to start somewhere, though. Well, you here's the thing. Here's my argument. waiting on these for... people whose wages aren't getting raised. To, to allow these other people who need their wages to be raised to raise it. You need to you just need to go ahead and do it, man. And the people who aren't getting paid, they need to be able to make some noise and get their raises, their wages raised. I'm not saying that's easy or it's even possible for some people. I'm just saying you have to start somewhere. You can't wait for a unilateral decision that every job in America gets paid more. So here, here's my argument uh, against raising the minimum wage is because the majority of the people that will be affected by the minimum wage being raised is large corporations, which are the exact same people who have the ability to increase their automation and hire less employees and have more of their product be automated. Like say Walmart with the self checkout thing, they're hiring less and less people to run the checkouts. So they're paying fewer people the higher amount of wage, because like you said earlier, all they really care about at the end of the day is their profit margin. So if they have to pay their employees more, they're going to try to hire fewer people so that they keep their pay scale number at the same level so that their profits don't take as big of a hit. See, I don't disagree with you, but this is why I'm an Andrew Yang fan, because I don't think he has the right solution, but I think he has the right problem. Like automation, regardless, is going to be a problem. And we can't say, well, if they get the raises, their wages raised. That automation is going to happen. As soon as automation becomes cheaper, they're going to do it anyway. That's true. So we can't. But you're artificially making it cheaper immediately by raising the minimum wage. Yeah, but all we're doing in the meantime is waiting for that to happen. So it's It's going. It's going to happen regardless, because like you said, they're just worried about what money they're making. So as soon as they can push everybody out and make more money, they're going to. Yeah. They're already doing it. I mean, have you walked into McDonald's recently? Everyone that I've walked into has a touchscreen ordering. They're look. They're already working on how can we push these people out. They've already got automated at the beginning. They're testing it out and they're seeing the numbers and they're going, how can we hire less people? They're uh, already doing it. So to raise these wages is not going to make a difference. McDonald's hasn't done it yet because they haven't figured out how they can do it with less people yet. But I mean, here we we have raised it. It's ten dollars an hour for most people that work at McDonald's right now. It's ten dollars an hour. That's over yeah. minimum wage. And it's because there's a the real problem. There's is, a supply. It's a supply and demand thing. And the people who can fill a job, like a McDonald's burger flipper, are very. Is that an official title, burger yes, flipper? Okay. Burger flipper. <laughs> it's like you can you can get one anywhere. You don't have to have a special skill set really. Whereas a person who's been to college and is considered valuable to our society, which is it's a value that see that's it's inflated kind of they're not as valuable anymore because so many people have college degrees these days i agree mm-hmm. 
I don't. But, you know. <laughs> so you here's one of mine. But, here's here's, okay. <laughs> here's my push. Here's my pushback to that. Right. It's it really comes down to first off, all wages have been depressed too much. Aside from the CEOs who get raises every year, I mean, it's obvious that the the gap between the people who already have money and the middle class is shrinking. Like it is. It's just factually shrinking. Like there's less people, more people making less money and less people making more money. It's just happening. But it all comes down to how much do you value work, period. It doesn't mean if it's skilled or anything. If somebody gets out there and wants to work, how much do you value that? And if we're trying to race to the bottom, this is why I think unchecked capitalism is bad because it allows you to race to the bottom because it means there's no empathy, there's no thought for human lives in the in the equation. It's just how do we get the cheapest with the least amount of people? I mean, I dispatch people, so the first thing that I think about when I get a phone call is not like, oh, this guy's having a problem. Man, I wonder how that affects him. My first thought is how do I keep this guy on the road, and if I can't keep him on the road, how do I get the next guy on the road? That's the first thought. And then the empathy comes after that, and it's like how can I work it where I can keep this guy comfortable in the middle of the situation? So I think the laws should be that second part. The laws should be the part that enforces we have to think empathetically about these actual human beings. We have to value the work that they're giving us. Mm. And the minimum wage is just a microcosm of that. There's People are saying we have to value these people. They are working. They are out there doing a job, and we have to value that. And the corporations are saying, no, we don't have to value that. And the other people are like, yeah, we do. How much you value it, that's a different conversation. But I think it's pretty obvious to most people because the argument isn't that, oh, yeah, they make good money. Nobody's saying that. Everybody thinks they're not valued very much. We're just The argument is like, should we value them at all? Yeah, well, my thing is like it. in most cases, a minimum wage job is supposed to be kind of a stopgap. It's supposed to be where you you prove your worth. So here's here's my question about that. See, used to, you could get a minimum wage job and go to college and buy a house. That was that was like ten years before me and me and you were born. You could do that on a minimum wage salary. Now, some somewhere along the way we shifted our brain and said, nah, nah. It's just for somebody who can maybe buy some food this week. Who it's gonna be for a teenager or but, somebody. But I mean I think that's a problem with the the housing market as well, though. I mean, it's... I don't disagree. I feel like it's a multitude of factors. It's so much because when you look at it, I mean, people with college degrees can't buy houses right now. It would literally... Like, it it takes so much out of your paycheck just to buy a house. Like, you, you can't... But part of that is the stagnated wages for all American jobs, not just minimum wage. Yeah. But then if you raise it, then the house market's going to raise as well. I think we don't factor in the foreign interest in our country as much as we should. Like, our value is not an insular thing. It is connected to the global economy. It is connected to what people are doing worldwide. Just because we raise something doesn't mean necessarily that our inflation will go up at a commensurate rate. So we need to well, we need to be able to make moves and then if we make a move and we do have that mistake we can correct afterwards. But, but if you we're won't. making but most people but you don't won't. most of the time they don't. So here's the problem. We're not making any moves 
period. We're just complaining about the things that we have and trying to put blame on other people rather than making any moves at all. Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, the government's if, making some pretty big moves lately. If, yeah, if that's you, not the people, though. If you, if you want to put <laughs> it that way, though, it's kind of like... If you're telling people to make moves, then why are you telling them to stay at a minimum wage job? You're not telling them. But you are. You're telling them, I need to raise your wage here mm. to keep you happy. To keep I, you I here. Several, when I worked in but, Wendy's but and a couple are, others. But these are people who are who are trying to <clears throat> to go somewhere not most of the time. Okay, so here's Now, if you're a manager there, that's a different thing. I've worked several different jobs where there are people who can only get a minimum wage job. There are ex-convicts. I've worked dishwashers. A lot of dishwashers are ex-convicts for some reason. There are a lot of older women who came out of an age where they didn't need education and they didn't need a husband who don't have a husband anymore, who have to work two jobs just to keep the house that they have over their head and to feed themselves. There are single mothers that didn't have that kind of ability because they had kids too young. There are several people who can't, just go get a degree and get a better job there. And if we make it easier for these minimum wage jobs to support their life, they have the opportunity to go do those things that you're saying they should go do. But they have the opportunity. You don't know that until they have the opportunity. Okay. But they see, this is an argument between human nature here. You're think you think that human nature is inherently lazy, that if people have the option to not do anything, they won't. I disagree. Because if you've ever been stuck in a house with nothing to do for an entire month, you will feel what cabin fever is. You will feel, I need to do or something. Or you get depressed. And- you yep. get depressed. <laughs> if yeah. I had an people option to have stay an innate, at my house. People have an innate drive to do something, to be a part of something. That's why people are part of groups. That's why people go out of their house when they don't have to. It's because they have a drive to be connected. Well, but, and, okay, so that's true, but... If you know, they're not necessarily going to be driven to go get a job. They'll be, they will be driven to do. If we incentivize, incentivize that what they are doing is a job because it pays them well and that they want to be there. But, but paying well is relative. It is relative, but they're definitely not being paid well now. And that is a unanimous agreement. I agree. Like, I agree that they're not being paid well. But I it's mean, not, dude. It if isn't. you are on un- unemployment right now, oh, you're making six hundred dollars a week, which yeah. is almost my regular salary, yeah. and I've been working for a decade. And, and I think, I think, I think this is proven you know, that that we're inherently lazy. That when you get put on unemployment, you're okay with it. You go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm dude, getting paid six hundred dollars a week to stay at my house. Why in the world would I go back to a job? I don't I think don't that would last too long. Though. Okay, so I don't. Agree I mean, with and you I, here. Hope it, I hope it. I hope it doesn't. Not, yeah. yeah. Their, but, their complacency with that no, 600 I, for doing nothing. I would be so complacent with getting $600 a week. I would stay at my house and do absolutely That's nothing. That's the equivalent. I don't think you would do like, that for like 10 years, though. I could. Or five years. I, dude, it's the equivalency of having like a $14 an hour job. Yeah, exactly. It's more than minimum wage that you get. So yeah. why would you go do a minimum that's wage job main... if you can get unemployment? See, exactly. and that's, see, that's the problem that's, though. Is I think the government right subsidies does not need it. It disincentivizes. But that's not laziness. That is opportunity cost right there. Why would I waste my time making less money when I could be at my house using more money to do more stuff? But I don't think you fix that by raising the minimum wage. I think that you fix that by lowering what the government gives those individuals and that sounds horrible but i don't agree with that because tough love unemployment is supposed to make it survivable until you can not not 
but easy. it's not right now though. It's supposed to make it to where if I were on a if I were on own my own house and had to have my own vehicle, right? I would need to make at least thirty five a year just to survive. But buying, you're but you're making more than that on unemployment right now. So it, I was you're not this... making my salary on unemployment. Yes, you're you... making how much are you making a year on unemployment? Look okay, it up. So right fourteen dollars an me. hour. It's like it's forty thousand around about. If you're just on unemployment the entire year. So I was literally having this discussion with someone yesterday. So I lost my train of thought. Dang it. My point being is like, you need to be able to own unemployment to survive until you can get to the next. That's the exact point. I was, okay. So you got me back on track. Thanks. So that's not the thing that they're doing though. So you, people who are going on unemployment are just staying on unemployment because they can make more money on unemployment than they can by being employed. So there has to be some kind of an incentive for them to go back to work, to find a job. So it's supposed to be temporary. So to where, when you can't get a job, when you absolutely like you lose your job for whatever reason, you can go on unemployment as a temporary thing where you're not making more money than you were making because it's just to, the bare necessities so of here's, survival here's my so that argument. you are incentivized and encouraged to go get a job making more money than you would be getting from the government. That's the whole purpose of unemployment. Here's That's my what argument. It should be. I don't disagree that unemployment is just supposed to be survivable until the next opportunity. My argument is opportunity costs, which means wages need to be more than unemployment and the only way to fix that is not to lower unemployment because lowering it no, makes it a lot less survival is to raise wages and not just minimum wage i mean overall america has been in a wage depression since the 80s it is not just a new thing this we're just feeling the effects of it because we've had two depressions and several natural disasters since then and we feel the effects of it but instead of going hey why don't you raise my pay as well as the minimum wage, we just go, don't raise the minimum wage because I won't be being paid as much. I would agree that wages across the board should be raised, but I also think that unemployment should be decreased some so that you have that incentive <coughs> for people to go get a job. I don't... Making I, minimum wage. I don't ascribe to make a man hungry to make him... But the thing is, you're making so much money something. being unemployed right now. You're not... If you're not looking for an opportunity, unless you make horrible decisions, here is what here's what you need to be able to afford on unemployment. And you're not going to agree with me. You need to be able to afford a smartphone, a data plan, Internet, a house, food. You need to have transportation. All of those things are vital to finding a job in America. Absolutely vital. Because I don't, if you don't agree with that. No, every job. Not a minimum wage as far as the smartphone goes. Every job. I don't agree aside, with that. Aside. Aside, even even most fast food nowadays too. Every job requires online. There's now libraries. if you can do it from a smartphone Wi-Fi on a library, that's fine. But I've tried to fill out a lot of forms on my smartphone, and let me tell you, don't do it on not. a smartphone. That's what libraries are for. <laughs> so I just said on library Wi-Fi, right? I'm not talking wifi about Wi-Fi. I'm talking about their computers that they offer you. You can't do that because you can't respond to text. You can't respond to emails. You can't respond to anybody. But you don't have to have a smartphone to, to be able to respond to texts or phone calls. You can have you just have a basic phone. phone. Yeah. I, I agree. You have to have some kind of communication device. But you can only be text. And a lot of text people or don't phone calls. just text you okay. when they're going to come in for an interview. about the smartphone thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying Let's, you have to have access to communication. Even homeless people right now, we give subsidies so that they can have smartphones. Smartphones, yeah. not you, flip phones. You do not need a smartphone. 
you need something that it will have a call and a text, which is like, what, $50 a month? You need email access, too. You can't just do text. Okay, but what I'm saying is if you're actively looking for something, you will find a way to get that. You will not stay at your house. You will not be, you will not be spoon-fed while you, you sit there and do nothing. Ray, our, our library in Moss Plus has been closed down because of the storm. How okay, would anybody okay, have okay. found a whoa, job without whoa, a smartphone? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm saying this not is, everybody has access. Di- That's anecdotal, this though. This is different. No, I'm saying this not everybody has the access that you are imagining here without a smartphone. If they have a smartphone, they have all that access that you're saying. If you have a smartphone, you can you can literally... We are nitpicking here. They need a yeah, phone. I think that's yeah. moot they because a smartphone with internet access you can get for like 50 bucks. Yeah, this is yeah. real nitpicky. Yeah. But like to buy a so the basic is needs is food, shelter, and clothing and a and way to communicate. Access to communication and transportation. You can get that pretty cheap. Transportation is extremely important in America I mean, because there's no buses here. <laughs> there are. There are buses here. If you want to wait city. several hours to get okay. to get <laughs> yeah. to a bus, and those buses don't run at just eight o'clock in the morning, okay. right when you need to be at your job. But it's transportation. I mean, you can buy you a need, bicycle at you Walmart. Need transportation to get to it your sucks. job to get to an interview on time. Because if you don't get to an interview on time, you don't get the job. If you don't get to a job on time, you don't get it. You can't rely on the buses around here, especially. Okay. But even in rural, most rural America that doesn't have access to any buses at all, you need transportation because those people aren't be able to afford to being able to afford houses near wherever the city center is, not even in the suburbs, because like we said, the housing market is insane right now. So True. they're living way out in the boondocks. They need to be able to drive in and go to their job. Just okay. from listening to all this, I, I think that minimum wage isn't the problem. Well, maybe it's one of the problems, but you have to solve like yeah. 10 other yeah, problems it, before that would even, I agree. Before that would I, even be all I'm saying is radar. that minimum wage raising, we can't keep blaming it on the people who have these jobs. The problem is not them. The problem is American wages right now. Unemployment, all these things are not even as they should be because everyone is not being paid what they're supposed to be paid. And all the things that we're buying are way more expensive than the paychecks that we're getting. I agree with that. So I think this is something that I thought earlier while we were talking. I think the bigger issue that we might be getting to here is the human nature like the nature of humans to seek for convenience or to allow convenience as opposed to promoting resilience and trying to do the harder work that may not be as necessary. Which is why I'm against minimum wage altogether. Uh, <laughs> I, I disagree. I also, uh, I, also believe, I believe in child labor as well. Oh, man. <laughs> I kind of do. You might want to. If we want to go back to rugged joking. individualism, we need to be able to work our five-year-olds. That's all I'm saying, because that's what we used to do on the farm. Maybe not five. But well, like I mean, a long time ago, we used to work other people's five-year-olds, but yeah, that's that another. That's another out. big that's problem. Not okay. <laughs> Speaking of these large corporations that do whatever they want. <laughs> well, but I think so. The bigger issue is like human nature is to allow for convenience it's to take the easiest path it's to take the easiest path path possible to the same objective right so i think that's what we're getting at when we talk about corporations that are preying upon convenience or access to things and making money off of it so i i think that's the biggest issue that needs to be addressed is becoming individually becoming more resilient and saying well Maybe it's more convenient to do this, but is it really the best option 
for me overall. Right. What do you think about that? I don't disagree that people need to take control of their own lives. And I don't disagree that there is a certain point of charity that it's not charity, but it's enabling. I do dis- I do agree with everything you're saying, but I feel that your level of where that is is off. But it's it's not to I've, it's not to give you unemployment is not to give you a free ride. It's no, it's not. But it's supposed to. It unemployment is an empathy thing. It's like. I if, agree with that. If I were unemployed, I would want enough. If you were unemployed, you'd want enough to be able to pay for but Chris somebody, and the kids until you could find the next job. But right? somebody has but to I pay would for minimize it. Minimize my own expenses as much as Agreed. possible. Agreed. I think to basic unemployment should basic pay survival for, should pay for the things that I mentioned. That's the minimum yeah. of what it should pay, and the maximum. I believe unemployment should pay for all the things that I mentioned, which is transportation, communication, housing, food. Mm-hmm. But if we lowered unemployment currently, I know that it is it is at a comfortable level right now. But if we lowered it, it would not pay for all of those things. See, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that it would. I it just depends on your level of comfort that you want because you can get a crappy apartment I, for. Uh, I feel like that's where we. Cheap. That's tell where me we what, need. Tell to me what be. you think a crappy apartment cheap is. Oh, that's relative. <laughs> no, so like. Because right six hundred, right it depends now, on the location. Right now, in. it is not lower than eight hundred. For I, what type of apartment, though? For, yeah, for like a like one a, to two bedroom apartment, if you have a family, you have to pay for two bedrooms at least. You can't just stuff all the kids yeah. in one in one room. It doesn't work. No, I no. I mean not comfortably, but yeah, I agree. You need like a two bedroom if you have. Yeah, and that is not less than eight hundred dollars. That's just housing. Let's okay. talk about insurance costs for your vehicle. Or yeah. if you're paying on the vehicle, because you most certainly will be if you're a minimum wage guy. There's nobody I know at that level who has paid off their car. So you're I mean, paying for the vehicle. You're paying for the insurance. you got to pay for the phone bill that you're going to have because you do need a phone regardless of what kind it is. Yeah. You got to pay for groceries. Even if you buy cheap groceries, if you're buying for five people, unless you're a master chef, which a lot of these people don't even have time to cook, which is why they go for the cheaper options. But. But why don't you you're still paying hundreds of dollars can, in groceries? If another, if you have a smartphone, you can learn how to make simple meals that are cheap. Yeah, and bulk. You and would still it would still cost a couple hundred for if you have a family, a couple hundred true, a week. True, but what I'm, what we're saying is we're not saying that it's not good to do. I mean, and we're saying that it's you're getting way more than you absolutely need. You can make it on. Less than that. So, but un- what I'm saying is, the incentive is not there for people to go back to work. Unemployment is a general thing for everybody, and everybody has general level of needs. So, what you're going for is the average. There are people on unemployment who could do way less, but there's also on a, people on unemployment, lots of them that are barely getting what they need. Okay. So y'all, 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 y'all be, are arguing for the guy who case, can survive with. Shouldn't the least. it be a case by case basis then? See. The reason it's not a case-by-case basis is because it'd be very difficult to assess that, and you would need a lot of resources to do so, and we already don't have enough people in the social... jobs. No, in the social sector. There's not a lot of social workers. Nobody wants to do it because it's a thankless job. You get spit on from both sides. Yeah. But it's money. It's not money. It actually doesn't pay a lot either, which is another huge issue. (laughs) Doesn't pay as much as unemployment is what you're saying? No, it get you get government you get the government benefits, so you're definitely gonna wanna do that. Like the insurance okay. is better and, I, and all that. I feel we, like that's another That's another place. thing. You gotta pay for private insurance while you're on unemployment. Okay. 
But if you get a minimum wage job, you get Obamacare. (laughs) (laughs) But in some places, you get benefits with minimum wage jobs. Yeah. So that's that's an incentive to work. Yet we don't. Yet I have we never stay worked at the, a part-time job where I've gotten benefits. Okay, I'm not saying a part-time. That's minimum wage. It's part-time. No, it's not. No, it's you can full-time. have a minimum wage. It's full-time. I've done it. Yes. Most, I know that's most anecdotal, of the ones but, that y'all have mentioned, like McDonald's or Burger King, they don't give out benefits because they just give the minimum wage. That's it. Did you get benefits when you were at Fred? I had insurance. They gave you insurance at Fred's? Yeah. Okay, so you got benefits there. Yeah. Well, I didn't get any benefits at Mazin's or any of the other restaurants that I worked in. And that is a large sector right there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a huge different story because why in the world do I have to pay your employees? But <laughs> I was a dishwasher. I wasn't yeah, a waiter. If so you're a waiter, really I mean, me, it's but... like you get $2 an hour and then you get tips. And it's like, yeah. wait a second. That's a, lot a whole nother. Your... A lot of the service issue. industry. That's the thing, though. The service industry is huge. And almost none of them get that kind of insurance unless you're a waiter or somebody who's technically full time. Have we veered off of the repair versus Absolutely. The yes, for sure. For sure. We have veered off. Yeah. But I feel like this kind of feeds into it. Um, of the attitude because we should repair the economy (laughs) (laughs) because that's a good argument actually though repair the economy instead of replace it with some other system that works worse the argument shifts from blaming these companies for forcing us to spend more to buy new to well these people you know they don't need more wages they're just living over their budget but how are they going to live over their budget if they have to buy brand new for everything and they can't just repair Mm yeah yeah this is somewhat the same conversation. We're just on two different ends of it. Mm, yeah. It's full people, circle. people a lot. And the companies help with this. They shift the blame on the people who are getting paid less while trying to make them pay more. Yeah. So what are, but, but what I'm, what I'm thinking is like, if you're, if you do raise minimum wage for somebody like say a mom and pop shop though, I mean, you mm-hmm. put them out of business. So is that fair for them to have to pay a minimum wage that's so much more than what they can actually afford whenever, you know... So here's my thing about small business. I absolutely support small business, but a lot of them don't have a good business model, and the reason they go out of business is not because they have to pay more. It's because they don't have a business that pays. But, but But, I mean, they do have to pay more. They have to pay out. I mean, and at a certain point, you're losing money to... Either that bad argument, business that, model or to your employees who want more. That argument could be taken to the extreme, though. Is like, why don't we just let small businesses exploit people and not let large businesses exploit them? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it, that's that's the that's the issue with minimum wage raising is you kill small businesses. Because most small businesses are operating just barely above their so, bottom line. Here's my thing. The reason those small businesses are barely operating above their line is because of the big businesses. It's because of the big businesses, right. not because of the wages they have to pay. The wages are exact. The, the wage payment is exacerbated by the fact that they have to compete with these mass producing big businesses. Yeah. So this why could be a ridiculous opinion, but why I said I was against the minimum wage because is because I think that if a mom and pop shop wants to hire also against the age limit, because if a mom and pop shop wants to hire every a, Chinese restaurant I've ever been to a 14 year old to sweep <laughs> their floors for like $6 an hour. Cause he doesn't have any other experience. They should be able to do it. I've also seen okay. this at Mexican restaurants that, that, that makes sense in your opinion. But what, what happens when you take away a minimum wage, is you take away the floor. 
And if you take away the floor, there's no, I, I can't, I can't argue you whenever you say you're worth a penny. There's so no, I have a question and you can say that I'm going to go get another job somewhere else, but everywhere is going to be the same thing. It's all going to be, you get a penny no matter what you do. Here's, here's a question. The argument, the, one of the main arguments I hear against minimum wage is if we raise minimum wage, it will cost more to buy a burger, right? That's the main argument that I've got a lot of like us inflation. Have heard. Yeah. yeah. So if it costs more to buy a burger, these mom and pop places can charge more for the services that they're doing because their competitors are also charging more. So they should be able to afford the hike if that's the same thing. Because they're already making people pay well, more to afford the hike. It's more about how much they'd have to pay to the supplier. Because usually a big business has a, they're hand in hand with a the supplier. They yeah. usually have a deal. A mom and pop place kind those. of is like, they have to almost like bargain for it. And it's like when you, when you put them in that situation, when everything goes up, they have to put out more money. And it's like, then you have to raise your prices even more than the other places. I feel like this whole thing, the one of the underlying things we haven't really spent a lot of time on is the fact that how do we feel about business in America? And I think we all kind of agree without saying, without having said it, that small businesses should be more supported, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And we feel like that is a huge part of the issue between repair, replace, also between minimum wage, is that small businesses, because they can't compete, can't shift these things in our current environment. Because if they could compete, they would shift all of these things. People would be, pay, be paying more at a local level for small businesses if they could. And people would be going to those small businesses if it was convenient for them to do so. Right? They're, they had access to these things at a good price. Right? Maybe. I don't know because, I mean, you go to places. Imagine it this way. You've got a small business, right? The you you, If you had the benefit that Amazon has where you have people can go straight to your site, one click buy, have next day delivery, but you control all of those elements somehow. Wouldn't people want to shop there more because they know you because you're right next door and also because you can change what kind of services you provide outside of what Amazon does? I, I feel like that's kind of... They just don't... My point being is that small businesses are are not getting the kind of benefits that big businesses get. And then when they come up with their own model that starts to work, a big business will immediately crush it by either stealing the idea, buying out the business, or taking all the customers away from that business with some trick or another. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think a large part of what helps the whole conversation that we had is more protection for small businesses in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More yeah. more help for small business, not just protection, but uh, more small business welfare. We do big business welfare. They're trying to keep Jeff Bezos on a $10 billion bill for space travel that he hasn't even done anything on. But we don't do that for small businesses in America. We don't care about those guys. Yeah. Because they're not able to do as much for the government in return, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly it. The government yeah. doesn't see immediate returns from that. That's an investment, and they don't like investments without immediate returns. Yeah. That's like this whole infrastructure bill 
Republicans are trying to blame it on Democrats, and Democrats are trying to play it, blame it on Republicans. But the whole problem is, is everybody's trying to look for something with an immediate result instead yeah. of investing in America. And that goes back to the convenience over resilience. Mm-hmm. See, I think repair is investment. Yeah. You invest in something. You don't get immediate, but repair is the ability to invest in what you already own. Right. Is to grow what you already have. So, guys, uh, after these long tangents, uh, we kind of got off the main topic. But uh, I appreciate everybody, you know, coming and listening this evening or this morning, whenever you're listening. And I hope you have a great day. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Adios.